MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Michael Lombardi here in studio. It is Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. 2022, the NFL draft is here. The speculation comes to an end later tonight. Want to thank Vinny for stopping by. Um, I listen to him talk all he, day. He's, the got stories stories, are great. he's got stories the history on top of, this, of stories. The history of this town is remarkable, and the people that have made it, it's just really a lot of fun to listen to him, even though, you know, he does cry, but they're making money, he, which is important. He does. He does. Uh, cry, don't cry for me, Argentina. It, yeah, uh, a couple of three things. Santos came up with a great idea. We're going to get into a couple of three things. I'm going to say Michael Lombardi, GM of this team, fill in the blank, and then we'll say what makes it a successful first round for those teams coming up in just a bit. But let's put, I put a pin in what you said about the quarterback. So let's go back to him. It sounds like you've got two going in the first round. Now, BetMGM, who sponsors the show, has got three and a half. But if you want to go under, you got to lay 450. So obviously the closer number is two and a half, three. The, the pure number, I should say, is two and a half, three. You've got two quarterbacks going in the first round. Yeah, and I think the only chance of a third would be Ryder if if you feel like Tennessee would take him. Atlanta's been linked to Corral in a conversation. Yes. The, the people have linked him. You know, whether Atlanta takes him at the top of the second, you know, certainly he might be there. I think what you have to do when you're looking at quarterbacks, right? So you're in the draft room and you know you want a quarterback. You're looking at teams that – like at the bottom of the first, you can't City has two first round picks. They're not going to take a quarterback. Right. There's certain teams that are not going to take a quarterback. I think it would be based on the AFC South. If Tennessee took a quarterback this early in the first round, 
think it might be it would hurt their team, you know, especially one that they weren't sure could play. I mean, you talk about a team that hasn't been able to hit on first round picks, Isaiah Wilson, some of these guys. Now they hit on Jeffrey Simmons, who's great, but to me, I think they need a player to come in and play right away. Maybe they feel it's Ryder, but when you're sitting there looking for a quarterback, you know what teams aren't going to pick one. And they become the trade targets that you work on. Let me hear. Let me get an idea just in a capsule of what you're hearing about the quarterbacks. The first quarterback to be selected, the favorite is Malik Willis, minus 200. Give me 10 seconds on what you're hearing. I think, I think Malik Willis is a, is a player that people like his athleticism, but they're worried he's going to be a year away. And there's certain traits about his game that concerning height. Yeah. He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass against a Power 5 team, no matter how much Hugh Freeze wants to talk about what he's done. You know, watch some of the highlights, even that they show you on television. They're not really highlights for a quarterback. They're, they're good plays. They're resulting in good plays. They're not necessarily highlights that demonstrate great quarterbacking skills. The thing that concerns you when you listen to most people talk about Willis is his long delivery and his motion. No one, no one talks about the demotion. You know, Randall Cunningham had a messed up motion, but he threw the ball with such velocity. He was so big, he was so athletic, he had a chance to get away with it. This kid's got a little bit of a floppy motion, and that motion creates problems under pressure. It's like a golf swing. If you can't hold up with the motion when it, the pressure, you know, all of a sudden you spray the ball. That elbow gets loose. And, and when you spray the ball in pro football, it results in turnovers. Like there is – Brett Favre always said this. There's three forms of accuracy, right? You can throw the ball through the door. You can hit the doorknob or you can throw it through the keyhole, right? Well, I mean, everybody can throw it through the door. That's not special. The guys that win in the league that get second contracts throw it through the keyhole. That's the kind of accuracy you need. Now, you say that as I say that Josh Allen was at this time when he was coming out, he was throwing the ball through a doorknob. I mean, he's throwing through the door. He yeah, wasn't, he you was know, inaccurate coming out. He was of very wall. inaccurate. Yeah. We, you, but you don't, you've said it a million times. You don't generally see that jump in accuracy. You really that don't. Accuracy it's a shock. is innate in some way. But with the one thing about the one thing about Josh Allen is that he is really a, he's so big and so fast, you know, and so hard to tackle. We don't talk enough about – one of the reasons I like Jordan Davis so much is because we don't talk enough about tackling for defensive alignment. We just don't. And tackling is a huge trait that needs to be evaluated. And because of that, you can get guys on the ground. Mike Mamula, you know, first-round pick of the Eagles, was not a good player. Mike Mamula was around the quarterback quite a bit. He never got him on the ground. He just couldn't tackle. You know, he was around. He had chances. He just couldn't get him on the ground. Tackling is important. I'm going to say something so Michael doesn't have to say it. There are questions about Willis and Corral. Let's call it their ability to conceptualize what's happening. Well, I think, you know, look, we, you know, we're, everybody wants to get a, you know, play right field. Everybody wants to go to Dairy Queen after this. You have to be honest about the players, yes. right? I mean, this is, so what hurts most quarterbacks volume, right? It's the, it's the ability to handle a lot of things going on at the same time. You know, what made Peyton Manning so good? Peyton Manning could handle volume. And when he got to the line of scrimmage, he became something unique. He could decipher everything. He knew everything what was going on. That instantaneous ability is what Brady has. It's, it's what great quarterbacks have. And processing it becomes challenging. So what they do is they'll bring some of these young quarterbacks in. Yeah. So they go visit them. They teach them a couple things that they want to run. They see what their retention is. Then they bring them into their offices and they go back over it. Nobody's calling anybody dumb, but what they're saying is, do you have the mental ability to handle it? Joe Montana, when he came out, one of the reasons he slipped into the third round was because his test score wasn't as high as most people wanted it to be, the Wonderlick test. But if you watch the game tape, Montana's game tape was sensational, 
and it belied the Wonderlick. Mm. It was same thing with Dan Marino. It's just you can't you just you can't say a guy's dumb or a guy's test score is low. You have to keep going. Yeah. And keep trying to figure out what he knows and how he visualizes football. Because there is a difference between the two. But you can't compare the game tape of Willis because it just doesn't exist. You can't you can't there's nothing about Willis that he's done at Liberty that you would sit there that Lamar Jackson didn't do twofold over when he went. And he went the 32nd pick in the draft. So six. And he's got more unique skills. Than, and I'm not trying to kill Willis. Like, to me, Willis in a, in a normal draft should be a late second, third round type player. Right. You're taking a chance. You're hoping to develop him. He's a potential starter. You're not counting on him. You're going to have to fix a few things. But remember this, Patrick. Remember this. This is why we're having this debate about quarterback. In 1984, Bill Walsh said this. Very few people can coach the quarterback, and even fewer can evaluate him. And that is most accurate, and it's provide, it, it is still today. Michael Lombardi wrote at vcin.com, the draft is going to get interesting at six with Carolina. What are they going to do? Let me ask you this way. Anything they do at quarterback, let's say at six, wouldn't that just be a lateral move with Sam Darnold? It, like it's, you can't convince me that, that Pickett or Willis are that much of an upgrade, a market upgrade over Darnold, right? See, I think what fans don't realize is when you draft a guy and he walks onto the field and you draft him and you sit and the rest of the team watches him and they don't see him being significantly better. You draft Jordan Davis and he shows up on your field. Beast. Every player's go, every player on the team is going to say, wow, where'd we get that guy from? Yeah. Right? When you draft Willis, they're going to like his arm, but there's a little guy, man, we drafted that guy. You, you got to sell the pick to your players. Forget about selling the pick to the media. So you got to sell the pick. And let's go back a little bit. David Tepper, I mean, he's he may not be able to buy Twitter, but he can buy a lot of things. He's one of the wealthiest, <laughs> smartest men in the world, right? And what do what's the main trait that these guys that, that collect billions of dollars have? Competitiveness. They're competitive, but they know value. Fair. They know value more than anything. They see if a stock's below value, they go for it. If it's yeah. overvalued, yeah. they they understand it. Business of the business end and the football end go hand in hand. Don't let anybody kid you. So this guy Tepper knows the value of picking a guy at six at quarterback. He's basically paying ninety cents for something that's worth thirty. When has he ever done that in his life? Great point. When has he ever done that in his life? He never. He's never going to do that. That's his makeup. Look, here's the thing. Nobody nobody talked. So when Deshaun Watson was getting ready to decide what he wanted to do, basically what he did was Deshaun Watson said, whoever want, it, it got out of, I want to play here, I want to play there. It came back to money. Who's going to pay me? Whoever's willing to do 240 guaranteed buttoned up skill and injury, you get them. Carolina walked. Atlanta walked. Cleveland got back in because they said yes. So my point about this, bring it back to Tepper. Tepper knows the value. If he would have not cared about value and own quarterback, he would have said yes to Watson. They would have gotten him. So Carolina's trading back. If they could, I'm sure. But if there's a player there that they like, sure. no, if I there's a you. good offensive lineman there, they got to take him. I mean, I, I, the, like I've said on this, put. as I said on this show for numerous times, you cannot – Everybody who writes the verbiage now, it's been eliminated lately. That verbiage, Matt Rule needs to draft a quarterback to save his job. I mean, that really, if you're an editor, scratch that out. Get the red pen out. That's one of the worst sentences you could ever write. <laughs> if if Michael could only tell you every single thing that he knows, it would be uh, it would be mind blowing. But sometimes you got to protect the protected, and we get that. The 
couple three things. Is that what it's called? Couple, couple three th- things. I love, I love that. Yeah, couple three things. What would it? What would if I'm a Lions fan? What would a successful first round be? Of course, drafting um, 32 from the Rams, and then of course a second overall. What's a successful draft? I think if they got more speed on defense, especially in the yes. front seven, yes. I think that would be a successful draft. I think if they got to the bottom of the first round at 32 for this pick. Now remember, this is a the, the, there's there is we're going to close that we're going to parentheses some of these trades. Nick Cesario's got to cash in on his picks for Deshaun Watson. Because the trades are incomplete. This is a critical pick at 32. This this pick is going to be attached to Matthew Stafford for the rest of its life. It's got to be the right pick. That's a great point. It's got to be the right pick. So he's got to pick somebody here at 32 that improves his team speed on defense. And if it doesn't, improves his offensive line. Improve, he can't miss with this pick. You can't miss. If you take a quarterback at 32 here, he's going to be linked to Stafford, and you're going to be sitting there saying, maybe he's – I don't see it. That's what I think they got to do at 32. Good point, because there is a lot of talk about 32 being a quarterback spot for the Lions. What's the point? Not going to be any good this year. It's a better draft class next year for quarterbacks. Why would you blow a 32 on a quarterback? Especially so- when you know that you're going to get judged. Look, go back to look at the Eric Dickerson trade. Add that tally that bad boy up. Tally the Fran Tarkenton trade for the you know, the, the the you know what happened? The Minnesota Vikings got Allen Page. That worked out. Yeah. Are you prepared for the ominous storm known as Amal Shaw? I am buckled in. I got a seatbelt on. I'm ready to go. I can't wait to hear. Get one I'm, of I'm those sure, bars. That I'm comes sure over. he has no interest in the draft. Like he had no interest in the Masters. I'm sure he could care less about it. <laughs> we'll see what kind of mood Amal Shaw is in next as he joins us here. Lombardi Line, Michael Lombardi in studio. It's Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. So, as Michael knows, and you all should know, we've got the spring special going on. I keep on promoting this because it's 59 bucks, but through July 31st, you get everything with the draft, but also you get Adam Burke's daily Major League Baseball plays. You get Jonathan Von Tobel's NBA plays for the postseason every single day, and you get Sunshine, Andy McNeil. You my get man, his, my get man, get that guy a tan. Get that guy a tan. Get that I mean, guy some we, UV rays. Can we send him like a blue light or something to we, get him some sun? I yes. mean, seriously, we that abs- poor guy. Bill AD, get on that. It's you all know, 59 And then the bucks. poor guy's got to start working for next year. I mean, as soon as the season's over, they start hockey again like three days later. Later, right? Don't they start it after <laughs> yeah, that? It's pretty quick. Poor guy. And point spread weekly, our Bible that drops every Wednesday, all the betting news you need. It's all included for 59 bucks. So go check it out. It's VEASAN.com slash spring. VEASAN.com slash spring. You and I were just discussing as we're going to say hi to Amal Shaw. Kind of eerily quiet right now. It really is. Calm well, before I, the storm. I mean, look, there, there's just, this is an unpredictable draft. So Amal, I don't want you, you say- to panic. I don't want you to overreact. I don't want you to get upset with anybody's picks. Please because, be in a good mood, Amal. Yeah, but this is this is a draft where every pick can make sense eventually. That, well put, Amal Shaw, half of Odds On, joins us now here on the Lombardi line. Is it quiet over there at the Circa, Mr. Shaw? We say hi. It is. How are you? <laughs> yeah. A subdued you got Shaw. Any video on this thing or what? <laughs> you can't see us. No, I cannot. All right. Well, we well, can see you. We can see you. Always, I, always I hear that. I hear you're going to have a, a spe- you might have a special meeting with Ryan Day today to discuss game strategy. Is that is there any truth to that rumor going on that Ryan Day will be at the D and you uh, will be at the Circa and you and him will be discussing situational football and game management? Would you like to? No, respond? Ohio State hasn't messed up anything. They haven't been in too many close games in the last three years, so <laughs> not really much to discuss. See, you see that coming a mile away. <laughs> uh, we talked about it being quiet. It, yeah. What if you're looking at the board right now, you see Trayvon Walker prohibitive favor to go one. What do you see mm-hmm. at two? And Michael says, you know, that hometown angle is not going to play here as far as Hutchinson. He's minus 150. And then you've got a guy we know they love in Thibodeau, who's been a little uneven at about plus 110. What do you got there at two with the Lions? Well, look, I think they'll take Hutchison. Uh, I think it's easier to justify if you're the GM, because if Hutchison turns out to be a great player elsewhere, it's difficult to sit there and say, we didn't take a guy from about 30 to 40 miles up the road. I like Thibodeau better. I think he's got a greater upside and I think he's going to be a better pro. 
But, you know, this is not always, in my opinion, Michael, you've been there. You may have a different point of view, but I don't necessarily equate this to being all about on the field. Some of this is about off the field. And Hutchison's a guy that's going to resonate in that state. I mean, to me, he had tremendous success. Michigan gets to their first playoff. The way Michigan fans are acting like they won a national championship, I get it. They haven't won a full national title in 70-plus years, so it's hard to understand <laughs> what winning is like. I love but how the reality of it in. is. What's I that? You, I love how you got that dig in. I love how you got that. That's dig not a in. dig, Michael. I deal it's in true. factual no, evidence. I, I get it. it. I understand it. There was a you, time, you though, Amal. There was a time when Paul Brown took over the Ohio State Buckeye program that they mm-hmm. couldn't beat Michigan. And the year he beat Michigan, I think it was forty-four. It became so popular in the state that he beat Michigan that the governor sent him a license plate PB twenty. That he, that he kept on his car until the day he left Cleveland. So this has been an evolution of things that have gone around. But I get your point. The, I, I just think Hutchison, though, to me, when you look at it from a, a Detroit standpoint, he's a the guy they're going to have to take. I, I don't know. I, listen, I would have a lot of respect for them. I always said Charlie Casterly taking Mario Williams uh, was a great move instead of Reggie Bush. But I think it was a different situation. And I think sometimes you see general managers and people take players. I thought the Greg Oden pick over Kevin Durant. Durant was a proven commodity. If you go back to look at Odin at Ohio State, he had no offensive game. I don't know if you want to draft a defensive player first overall in college bat in the NBA, but to me, uh, I think Hutchison simply because of him playing at Michigan and being there, I think he winds up at two. I wouldn't take him, but that's just me. Let me ask you, watch a lot of college football. Who's your favorite player in the draft? Uh, you know, I'll tell you, I hate to go against the receivers because I said I like a lobby. I love Drake London. I mean, this guy's an all-airport team guy, and he's one of the toughest guys I've seen play. You know, USC struggled all year. He has eight games. He catches 88 balls. This guy's got toughness. He's got size. He's got a good catch radius. I, I think he's terrific. Um, I, I think he's a guy who's going to be an impactful defense uh, difference maker immediately. I like uh, Garrett Wilson a lot. I was going to ask you, of the uh, two, uh, of the, your two Buckeyes, how do you discern uh, Wilson and Olave? I think Wilson's going to have a tremendous career. I, I'm not as high on Chris Olave, but, you know, uh, somebody told me yesterday they saw Olave in person this week, and they said he's bigger Six than one you plus. realize on television. He's a little bit bigger than you think. I, I agree, right? Yeah, and, and, yeah, I think that's the difference. By the way, Michael, you know, all these guys we see working out, um, how come nobody works out with pads on? I, I mean, to me, well, I'm waiting you, for a guy to run down the field in a wife beater and shorts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of it, the agents control these workouts, and they're really more for social media. You know, I mean, how many times have you watched Willis make that throw where if that was a normal football game, he'd have been tackled six times, but yet, you know, couldn't wait to go all <laughs> Dick Vitale on the throw down the field. Oh, my God, he's the greatest. Look at this throw. Yeah, if they're counting to eight Mississippi, he can make that throw. Come on, seriously. <laughs> so, I mean, these workouts are all staged. They're for social media. They get them put up there so that they could sell it, you know? And, and and you don't really get a chance. I mean, putting pads on the guy. Look, Vince Lombardi in 66 and six, he would he wrote up every single position for the playbook. And one of the requirements that he had was when you time players in the 40, they had to wear football shoes. They couldn't wear anything else but football shoes. And so that was an accurate time. And so we've kind of allowed these agents to kind of take this thing over a little bit. Amal Shaw, 
Go ahead, please. I don't want to. I didn't even know. I was waiting. No. Yeah, by Go the way, ahead. you're lucky. Our boss is here, John Goulet. He laughs at your jokes. That's a positive <laughs> for you because other people would just fire you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't, don't, fire me. Don't, Let me tell you something. Hold on a second, Maher. Have you seen the stiffs we got on this network giving out? No, 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 don't, don't put comment. myself up don't against comment. any of these people. Don't Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Get the hell out of here with that nonsense. Are you kidding me? So these guys advocating gets... for these $20 parlays who couldn't pick a winner with tomorrow's newspaper? I I, that's, it. by I the way, to everybody it. in management, that's on me. That's not Amal's fault. Hey, quickly, Willis and Pickett, <laughs> they're going in the first round. Who else? Quarterback. Who else Who goes take? in the first round? Uh, Who would you take I, I at quarterback? I think this is a big all. mistake. I, I wouldn't. I, I'll tell you right now, Desmond Ritter, he, as Randy Galloway would say in Dallas, he's KP, can't play. I, this guy, he is his accuracy leaves so much to be desired. I, I would not take this guy until the third round. I don't like him at all. I like Matt Corral's moxie and toughness. I would probably go second round on him because none of these guys are going to play in the first year. So do you want to pay them for their fourth year, 20, 20, uh, $25 million is the question. I would rather have a guy come in on a second round or later. Let's see what he can do. You don't have to pay him a, a boatload you know, by the time he becomes a free agent. I would rather take a guy in the second round. I don't think any of these guys are really going to start before 2023 at the earliest. It, it seems like a long shot barring injury for any one of these quarterbacks near the top of the draft, uh, Ritter, Corral, Pickett, or Willis to be a starter in 2022. You know, Ritter's one of those guys that I watched, and I watched a lot of Cincinnati tape this year and watched games, and you have to watch quarterbacks in games to me to get the right right feel for him. He was a guy that you wanted to like, and there were moments during a game that you did mm-hmm. like, but then there was too many moments where you just didn't like. I mean, I agree with them all. His consistency in terms of his play, you know, and if there was about eight or nine plays each game that you said, God, if he just made that throw, he'd be perfect, you know? And I think he, you're right. I think he's somebody you'd like to work with, but you just don't have enough hope that you're going to fix all these problems. Yeah, the accuracy is not there. And I'm all a great point to burn a year, burn a year on the rookie deal. As a quarterback these days, Michael, to, to, to Amal's point, is wow. just so that's so I mean, much he makes value it, there. You know, the point is, you want to pay any of these guys in the fifth year? Look, look at the Brownies; they're paying eighteen million to yeah. Baker Mayfield. You think they want to do that? We said on this network last year, I don't want to pay Baker Mayfield thirty-five million. So they should have drafted a quarterback last year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing. You don't want to do that, and yet they fell into that trap. Now they 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 had they two hundred forty million to get out of it. You, you guys are absolutely right. And the, the I don't even understand the Watson contract. I'd love to negotiate uh, negotiate with the Browns for any kind of job. I mean, it's unbelievable the stupidity we saw at Andrew Berry and company. But to your point about Ritter, uh, Michael, to me, when you look at, and I forgot the tight end's name, big guy, Patrick, six 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 seven. how Desmond Ritter would overthrow him on some plays where he's wide open, nobody within the area code. I mean, there's nobody in the five one three, and he's still airmailing the ball. You look at on some of the slant patterns, Ball's hitting the dirt. Ball's airmailed. I just don't think he's got the accuracy. Michael, you know this better than anybody. Bill Polian talks about this. Accuracy, probably the singular most important criteria at quarterback. I just don't think he has enough of it to warrant being drafted in the first 64 picks of the NFL draft, in my opinion. I, I don't disagree. I mean, to me, the anomaly in the case is Josh Allen. He overcame it. I didn't think he was accurate at all. And I think it was a problem. And, and yet he's kind of overcome it. But his size helps him overcome it, too. I think his ability to, to break tackles and to do those things. And you, you just really can't. And when you have a funky release like like Willis has or like Ryan, the, that release is part of the real issue that you get into. And I, and I think it's a real problem under pressure, particularly. So I, I'm with you. I mean, look, we can make them all we want. But at the end of the day, you're not solving your problem. It's like the Washington football team. 
or the commanders or what the hell they're called. You know, it's like they they they, they signed Carson Wentz. Do they did they improve their team? They still need a quarterback. Hey, Amal, you keep talking about the network. You're going to get that interview with the Browns one day. <laughs> That's look, fine. Look. Well, let me tell you something. You you'll want to follow me on Twitter the day they fire me. <laughs> <laughs> Call your shots. That's Babe Ruth. Uh, Amal Shaw. I'm not the back down kind of guy. You know that, Maher. Do you have uh, a position on the draft, by the way? Or are you are you laying off? Yeah, I got I got two picks. I got uh, wide receivers over five and a half. It's at six now. And then George Karloftis not to go in the first round. Wow, Ooh. I love it. Look at look at Amal you know moving. What? He moved he moved the market on that deal. That, they moved a, the market. You're on a that legend, Amal. You're the best, Amal. Amal Shaw won for we'll when he gets fired. Odds on, he and Mike Palm coming. Gosh, next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. VSIN, the sports betting network. We will get to the 76ers. Oh, coming. stop. Oh, gosh. You know what I would like to do? There's sometimes when I would go to a game when I was when I was in the league, I would just like a sedative to take, like a, from one to four, and then wake up and just somebody tell me what the score was. Like I don't want to have to live through it. Like I just want to get it over with. Like somebody just wake me up and say, like put something in my arm. I'll sleep for three hours, and then to wake me up and say, okay, you lost or you won. I, I don't really want to have to go through that. You know, you don't want to watch a 76er game with me. No one quits earlier in a game than I do. Like. Well, I, it's four o'clock here. You're going to be, you're going to be. No, but I mean, I quit. I just like, I'll just, I know they're going to lose. So I just like, I don't quit, but I, in my head, I, there's no way they're going to It's win. a ray of sunshine watching with you and Millie. Oh, Millie I, must I, be I'll promise you today by the end of the first quarter, I'll have this thing figured out that they won't win. But anyway, I don't you, need to take uh, away we'll, from We'll Josh. get to that. It's one and a half. Before I say hi to Josh, I talked about it being like almost eerily quiet. Uh, that's, there's an ominous storm coming and that's a draft about three miles down the road. You're texting during the break. Have you been hearing anything or is it that I've not quiet? heard anything. No, I think it's really quiet. I think a lot of it is just, you know, this is an unpredictable draft. It really is. And it's a draft where every board is going to be different in every city. Yep. And for any of these commentators, mock draft experts, me included, to make fun of a pick is wrong because these are all players that are kind of clumped together. There's no line of real true demarcation. There isn't. If there was an elite, 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 he would be the first pick. There's no Troy Aikman, and there's no Deion Sanders. Like, Deion Sanders, if he's in this draft, he's the first pick overall. If Rob Woodson's in this draft, he's the first pick. There's no Bruce Smith in this draft. You know, this is a draft that doesn't have that kind of – now, it might work out that way, but it's not that way right now. We've got the BetCast at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Michael Lombardi's going to be involved. Michael's so much on the network today, he's actually going to be engineering and producing yes, shows as yeah, well. And sure. he's driving me home, which I appreciate. I get the chill. Yeah. Josh joins us now. By the way, VEASAN.com tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. YouTube, download the VEASAN app. Industry standard as far as the coverage of the draft. I assure you of that. Josh joins us. Market Insights. VEASAN.com slash podcast. Betting across America later today with Pritch. It's cracking apple bomb. Hey, by the way, Michael's sitting next to me a little less sweaty than when you were sitting next to me. You feel me? <laughs> uh, no, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that, guys. Michael Patrick, good to be with good you. To I'm see seriously, you. I got it's FOMO, guys. Two of my best buddies right there in Vegas without me. So, uh, Michael, it's great to see you there. I caught you on Follow the Money earlier today. So, good luck today. Get your granola bar. Get your Gatorade. Big day today, guys. But uh, just some updates, and I want to throw a couple at Michael. Uh, number one, the Trayvon Walker movement continues to go in his direction to go number one overall. Yesterday, Trayvon Walker was minus two twenty-five to be the first overall pick. Now he's minus four fifty. So it's getting to a point where you know if you miss that good number, it's almost 
in a way becoming unbettable just because it's, it's getting so, uh, so high here. If you do have a book who's, you know, maybe anything less than that, maybe worth a shot here, but that movement continues to for Trayvon Walker. The betting market expects him to go one overall. It really gets interesting at two and three, guys. This is where I want to, you know, ask you, Michael. You know, Aiden Hutchinson, the ties there to Detroit. Uh, we all understand that. But he was minus 200 to go second overall yesterday. Wake up today, he's minus 155. So Hutchinson is falling a little bit, and Thibodeau is rising a bit. He was two, plus 250 second overall yesterday. Now he's plus 110. And then the really surprising one is Stingley, guys, third overall. He's the favorite now at third overall, plus 100. He's even money. He was plus 200 yesterday. So, Michael, any thoughts on you know Hutchinson versus Thibodeau number two? And is there any validity to Stingley maybe going very early at three? I think there's been a lot of talk about this thing. I mean, look, yep. it's it started a long time ago. People see it, uh, you know, the talent, what he has in the third pick, you know, third when his freshman year, he was clearly going to be a top five pick. I mean, when you watched him play as a freshman, like, wow, they don't even want to throw the ball over here. Yeah. He can make plays. So, look, if you're if you're if you're in this position like Nick Cesario are, where these picks are going to get judged based on how it relates to Deshaun Watson, the later one at ten certainly will, but. I think you know you got to take a chance, and I, I wouldn't take a corner this high unless I was sure his name his name was Deion Sanders in ability in terms of shutdown. And Stingley, his freshman year, certainly had that qualification. So our very own James Salinas, if you haven't seen the video, to me it's uh, it's, it's storytelling at its best as a host. I loved it. James Salinas at Veasan Live, he talked about trying to get down on Thibodeau because. Michael, you and I have been discussing this, and he's a very sharp guy, James Salinas. He he wanted to go Thibodeau two overall. And Josh, right now, I think you can get Thibodeau plus one tennis, plus one twenty to go two to the Lions. And we know how sharp Salinas is. Yeah, and Salinas, Salinas, I think the whole point of that story is if you're a bookmaker, you know, don't adjust the number afterwards. Don't say you'll take a bet and then not take a bet. And it really creates terrible PR. So I think that's just a, a case in point for these bookmakers to know that, hey, if you turn someone away, they could blast you on Twitter and it could really, you know, hurt you in, on the back end here. But in terms of Thibodeau, plus 110, Patrick, that is the the favorite, or sorry, the second runner up there behind Hitch, Hutchinson, minus 155. If you're wary of, you know, Hutchinson, Thibodeau, and you're like, man, you know, I can get plus money, Thibodeau, but Hutchinson's still the favorite. To me, the, the play with Thibodeau would be the under four and a half. I think you can shop around. I believe it's like minus 190. It's close to minus 200. It's a little bit more expensive, but that would be another way maybe to attack Thibodeau. And then, Michael, I'll just throw this at you. We got some guys who are sliding right now. Kenny Pickett, uh, he was 12 and a half position. Now he's 15 and a half. He's gone three slots here over the last couple of days. And the over 15 and a half is minus 250. Uh, wow. Another guy, Linderbaum, you know, the center here, 27 and a half up to 29 and a half. He's over minus 145. And Lloyd, the Utah linebacker, 18 and a half up to 19 and a half over minus 150. So, Michael, any validity to maybe pick it going uh, later than we thought, Linderbaum or Lloyd falling a little bit? I think all these quarterbacks are going later than we thought. We've been talking about it. I mean, you know, it's like Pittsburgh could, seems like they're the first spot to that may pick a quarterback unless maybe, you know, somebody comes up in front of them. I mean, and they may not take a quarterback. We've talked about that. The one thing I would say, I want to go back to Hutchinson and Thibodeau and, and Walker as it relates to, and I think this is really important to figure out who will be too. So in the Detroit draft room, right, the, the vertical board is the ranking of the players at the position. So Detroit, as they sit there at number two, they ranked all these defensive rush ends, these edges, right? And so even though Hutchinson's going to be available, their board will probably have Thibodeau ahead of them because they're all the players that they've done. This isn't like, okay, we've ranked all the players in the order, and now all of a sudden we didn't expect this offensive tackle to be available. Like, they have their order, and why would they go away from their order? 
like Hutchinson's been in their order. Like they didn't say, well, we're not going to take Hutchinson. We'll just remove Hutchinson. He will never be there for us. We're just going to focus on Thibodeau and Walker. That's not how you do it. So, for, so anybody who thinks that they're not going to take Thibodeau, then they've been preparing for this. They've already evaluated Thibodeau to walk to Hutchinson all the way through. That's how they set their vertical board at that position. And because it's the same position, there won't be any deviating of it because it's going somewhere else. And Campbell and Holmes flew out to see him. They, and, and they, along with your guy, Spielman, who's making a huge, he's going to make a huge impact on this pick. So like that, my point is, is like everybody's saying, and I've read it in a lot of mocks today. Well, they didn't expect Hutchinson to be there. No, that's crap. They did all the edges at the same time. Right. They've graded all the players at the same time. And if they had Thibodeau as the best edge, whether they were picking two or 20, they're going to pick the guy who's the best edge. Who's the one player that comes to mind when I say biggest fight you've ever got into in a war room over a player? Oh, there's been a lot of them. I know, but you were just standing on firm ground. I love this guy, and you were battling with somebody. You know, well, when you go through all those drafts, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I, I think the number one thing was we were discussing uh, it, when I ran the draft in Philly. It was Trey Thomas and Mo Collins. I liked Mo Collins. I liked Trey Thomas. Trey Thomas had some issues off the field, but we went through that. But I would say in that draft, Jeremiah Trotter was the one guy we look, we got to take this guy. And I got Jeffrey Lurie to get to me to say, if he's there in the third, you can take him because he had a medical issue. So yep. he had a medical issue. And so we were able to take him in the third round, by the way, you killed that draft. I just, that was a you're good not draft. Pat yeah. yourself on the back, so I will do it. Josh, two minutes. NBA three games, 76ers point and a half on the road up in Toronto. Yeah. So first off, I think you saw from Doc Rivers, you know, press conference there. They're feeling the heat a little bit in Philly right now with a 3-0 lead. No teams have has uh, you know given up a 3-0 lead and lost. But now you're feeling the pressure here with the Sixers. They're on the road going to the Raptors. Remember, no thigh bowl now that you go up to Canada here. But, guys, I'll be looking at taking the points with the Raptors tonight. What jumped out to me is, you know, despite, you know, really what you've seen recently with the Sixers, you know, crumbling here a little bit, public is not quitting them. At BetMGM, you have 68% of bets on the 76ers laying the points, the short number here. However, despite, you know, more than two-thirds of bets on, on Philly, the line's pretty much stayed exactly where it's at. It opened Philly laying one and a half. It stayed one and a half. Couple books were two down to one and a half, but it tells me you kind of have a line freeze here with such heavy betting on the Sixers, yet the line really isn't moving at all. So I'd look at going contrarian, and if he can wait and find a two, that's again we talk key numbers NFL. It's not as big in basketball, but obviously you'd rather the two than the one than the one and a half. If you can find a two, shop around. I'm looking at the Raptors plus two. And then guys, similar sort of thing tonight. Patrick, you and I joked the other day. If you give me all these, you know, contrarian home dogs, I probably got to keep on yeah. taking them. That's what you're having the same thing here tonight. It's not just the Raptors, the Pelicans across the market here facing elimination. Uh, they're only getting 28% of bets, yet they open getting two and a half have stayed two and a half. Little line freeze liability on the Pelicans. And then the Jazz one has been really interesting because public is all over the maps. They're done with Utah here, uh, kind of like a Gonzaga. Like, you know, you tease me all year and then you just, you know, you crumble there when it matters. But what was interesting is the Jazz opened like laying one and a half. It flipped all the way to Mavs minus two and a half. That was when uh, Mitchell was questionable whether or not he'd play. It's back down to a pick em, guys. To me, I'd go a little late movement, bite my tongue, and go Jazz. They're only getting 39%, but the line's coming back in their favor. Yeah, the Jazz got drama. They just had an assistant coach arrested, and Michael's been talking about that coaching staff being in flux, to say the least. By the way, the Giants just made a decision on Daniel Jones. They picked up the option. They declined it. We'll come back wow. and discuss. Josh, talk to you soon. Good luck tonight. Thanks, guys.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. I know what you're thinking about today baseball. VSEN 200. 10 bucks to win 200. Anybody hits a bomb tonight, MGM, they got you hooked up. 21 years or older, 1 800 Gambler if you have an issue. 
Beaston 200 is the code. Get over there. Bet some baseball at BetMGM. He's having some fun during the break. Michael Lombardi is here. He's going to he's gonna bail with like two minutes left because he's going to be on the next show. I'm guessing no, odds I'm on. No, I, I got no. I think I'm good. Goulet was I think messing. I got the four o'clock show, right? It, well, four o'clock is also when the 76ers will tip off tonight in Toronto. No Thibel. No Van. You know, it's interesting. You say no Thibel, no Van, Van Vliet for Toronto. You and I have been saying that's a bonus for Toronto at this yeah, point. This, this whole notion that, well, Fiebel not playing really hurts the Sixers. I mean, that's a complete joke. I mean, he played in the last game. He couldn't even hit a shot. You talk about Simmons never pr- producing a jump shot. Like, Thibault's never produced a jump shot. I mean, he's a really great defensive player, but he's never worked on his jump shot. <laughs> you love the 76ers. I mean, I've never <laughs> seen I've never seen a team. I mean, Shake Milton was a good player at one time. Yes. They've beaten him up to death. We can't even find. I mean, I got to call John Walsh. Where's Furcon? I mean, they can't even find him anywhere. He's in Murray. He's somewhere in West Cape May in witness protection. Like, you can't even find the guy. That America's most wanted, John yeah. Walsh? Well, yeah. I mean, he's like in witness protection. He's in West Cape May. Like, where do these guys go? Doc just kills them all. Look in the desert when we leave. Quickly, yes. uh, the Murray, the Cardinals did pick up the fifth-year option, so he's under contract through 2023. He's going to make 29.7 next year we teased it the Giants have declined the fifth year option on Daniel Jones reaction if you're a Giant fan I think this is a really good sign that that basically you've stopped misevaluating your team like cooler heads are now prevailing in the in the Giants kingdom like Joe Shine has finally said like who's my competent like why would I have to who's coming to get Daniel Jones and if he has a great year, we'll franchise him. If he's that good, we'll extend him. I mean, like, why would I have to pick up the fifth year? It's like Mitchell Trubisky. Why would you have to pick up the fifth year for Mitchell Trubisky? Who was coming to get him? Right. You know, and so, but typically under Giants prior, I mean, look, let's face it. The Giants are a horrible team over the last five years with no cap room. You don't do that by mistake. You do that because you've misevaluated your team. This is the first time you got to feel like they've actually made a good business decision. We talked about they trade for a Dory Jack. They could have traded for a Dory Jackson and had a cheaper contract than what they paid when they when they got him. And they could have taken got him for a seventh rounder. This is a good day to be a Giant fan. Gettleman's drafts were a disaster. His Not, whole operation was a disaster. Yes, you're right. That's fair. That's well put. Giants. A uh, couple three three couple three things, Michael. Couple three things. They're they're picking five and seven overall. Thoughts? I think this will be a this will be a straight down the middle. They'll take nobody with any issues. I mean, like I should they take uh, Jordan Davis? Yeah, but they probably won't. They think he has a weight problem. I think they take offensive lineman and a defensive lineman or a corner. I think it's going to be two really good players. There's our man Bill Tobin on it. That this Mel Kuyper thing on Bill Tobin is the greatest of all time. <laughs> the quote was, "Who the hell is Mel Kuyper?" Yeah. <laughs> great, great Bill Tobin story. I said yesterday on the show, you weren't here, but but Bill Tobin when he left his house in the morning of the '79 draft, he kissed his wife, said goodbye to his kids. And they said, "Please, please draft Joe Montana," and he said to both of them, he said to the family, "We will draft Montana if he makes it to us in the third. He did. They drafted Willie McClendon, the running back from Georgia, and the rest is history. The rest, they got a couple of good scouts at the Tobin crib. Um, speaking of which, so I, we talked how the draft started in 36 over at a Ritz-Carlton in a conference hall. Now we're going to have – the gondolas won't be there this year, Michael Lombardi, but you're going to see – nobody will mention poor Stan's name either. We did. Yeah, we did. But we mentioned it's crazy how things happen throughout the years that are still unprecedented. And this year you've got eight teams with two picks – You've also got what, two, uh, 49ers, 
no first rounders, the Dolphins, the Browns, the Colts, the Broncos, the Raiders, the Bears, the Rams. There are a bunch of teams without first rounders. I bring all that up to ask you, you think there's going to be a lot of trading going on? I don't see the value of trading up. I think if the teams could trade down, you know, I mean, I think there'll be, I don't think like, I think Matt rule at six will have a hard time trading out of there. Maybe unless sauce Gardner makes it to him, you know, and because that Stingley would go three, that means we better get the corner that we want. If we don't, if we don't, there could be a sense of desperation, but I, I think that, that I don't anticipate that because I think the value of this draft is, is spread across the draft room. Now this is going to be interesting. The Vikings at 12, you know, that, that their new general manager an analytical base guy there, that's going to see what they do. I think the commanders at 11 is fascinating because they're talking, everybody's talking about the receiver in Washington, but they could use some other things besides a receiver an offensive lineman, you know, and Seattle, John Schneider, his history is to trade down. He loves trading down and John Schneider will not care about what the mocks tell him to pick. Right. John Schneider will pick whoever he thinks he has to, you know, it hasn't worked out all the time. But I think that's another area. I, the Falcons won too, me too. Everybody has them taking a receiver. Like, they need so much on their team. They need so much. Like, how could they not take a defensive lineman there? Or even offensive lineman. Exactly. So, Roseman, you know Philly well. 15 and 18. Rumors he loves Jameson Williams. I think that's probably – look, how many more times can they draft a receiver in the first round? Rager and on and on and I on. I mean, like seriously. Smith I mean, they're going to build year. a team of receivers, but they have two picks. they got to make them both hit. And if they think Williams can be a difference maker and tilt the field, give them another weapon, I, I think they'll pick a defensive tackle. I think they'll pick a defensive lineman. I think that's – the strength of their team that went to the Super Bowl wasn't at the receiving core. That's right. It was at their defensive front, and I think that's what they'll go back to. And Giants as well when they beat the Patriots twice. It was all Look, the Giants front. have lost their identity, and I think they got to get it back. And I think Shine's got to take two players that he feels like he can get back to it. You're running a team right now. It's 1051 West Coast. You're sitting in Vegas. Are just GMs that know each other hitting each other up? Is there gamesmanship? Like, what's happening right now? I think that everybody's Cocktails. Getting, getting a workout in, kind of chilling. You know, sitting around watching all these programs, making fun of everybody on television, saying they're going to pick. I mean, there's a lot Clowning. of that. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, I mean, if we can go behind the scenes, uh, can you believe that guy says we're going to? Oh, they're reporting what I fed them yeah. to dupe them. Oh yeah, they love that. Yeah. Look, we got that out there. Did you see that report? I mean, there's so much misinformation. But you know, sitting there, can you believe that guy gave us that guy? We wouldn't pick that guy in a million years. You know, are we going to see now? My guess is you're going to say no immediately. But let's think about trades as well. Are we going to see a quarterback taken in the top five? No. Okay. Fair enough. We had one, two, three go quarterbacks last year. And we're going it, to, it is. Do you think these quarterbacks, this group, are second, third rounders and above? No doubt. Okay. So they're not first rounders. But, but they're, they're going to reach. They're, but they're going to, somebody's going to pick them because that's what they do. But it doesn't mean you've solved your problem. You know, it doesn't matter where we pick them. It matters how they play. That should be the theme of the draft. It doesn't matter where we pick them. It matters. Look at, the, look at all the hot dogs going over there. There are going to be a lot of them today. <laughs> My man's getting hungry. I it's, mean, it's set up right here, by the way. I see. I mean, how many rolls were on that so, thing? It's so, amazing. So the, does the Flacco-Ryan draft first-rounders playoffs that year, does that, did that kind of shape shift how we view? Like, you can't waste a year on a rookie deal of a court. Like, What's happening up in Green Bay right now is just a waste. Jordan loves a waste to pick. But, look, I think the, the Flacco draft, that's a really interesting call. Flacco was pit kid, transferred down, got beat out at Pitt by that left-hander who couldn't play at all. He went to Delaware. Went to Delaware. But he played really well at Delaware. But, but Flacco had size, arm strength. 
Right, he had some elite. elite. I mean, there was something going there. Plus, he was accurate. He had some accuracy to him. That, to me, is a separate case. You could make the case that, like, I don't th- look. Ryder led his team to a to a, a final four bid. Got to give him props for that, right? Yeah. But the but like Amal said, he's so inconsistent. How do you do that? It's always good when you end a show with like Amal said. Like Amal said, yeah. As we lead into, him. got two minutes left. So oh let's, yeah. Let's do this. Well, um, well, you know I'm taking the Raptors in the point and a half. Thank you very much. I love how you pretend you're not going to watch the. You're going to be sweating over the game while you're There'll doing the There'll be no bet-cast. sweat coming down this far ahead. But I know the outcome. Why would I sweat? Philly's going to win tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm going to root hard for my Mavericks tonight. I, they got to close this bad boy out. Do you have contempt? Are you, like, at a point where you dislike the 76ers? I mean, I'm just – it's been – look, it's like I tweeted the other day. Billy Joel has that great song called Summer Highland Falls. It's either sadness or euphoria. That's a, that's the life of a 76er. We, th- these are not the best of times, but they're the only times we've ever known. And this is what we know. And these have happened. I mean, I've been 3-1 to Boston and, and come back. I mean, we've seen it all. This is why – We've tried it. Bill Berman and I tried to educate Will Hill, who was celebrating after two wins and, you know, yeah. taking the trophies around the park a lot. You know, like, hey, con- this ain't over yet. Like, this is a franchise that has a hard time being mentally tough. I know this will sh- surprise you. And Will Hill, New York City cast, Beeson.com slash podcast. He did text me. I know that surprises you. Shocking. And he said, do you think he's right? And what he's referring to is that the first time ever a team's going to come back down 3-0, that being the Raptors. I mean, look at it, it, it. Plus five fifty now on the Raptors in the series price. Look, look. What? Let's separate my historical references to the 76ers. They stink when they go to Toronto. <laughs> I mean, show me a tape where they've won in Toronto. That's the fair. only game they've won was when they shot the three pointer in and won the game at the end. This should be a three-two series. And Nurse has made adjustments all through this series that have been really good. He's found a way. They've played their style. They've they've made it a half court game. They've slowed the the, the the 76ers down and they know how to defend. They don't double harden. They've taken Maxi out of the game because they put length on Maxi, which makes it harder for him. And you know, Embiid's finger and all that, you know. It's supposed to be the city of brotherly love, bro. That is not very lovey. 15, it's called honesty. 15-5 ATS last 20, Toronto at home against Philly. So I mean, you're right. They've dominated. They just dominated. I mean, I'm just – now, could they win game seven? Anything's possible. We'll see you game tomorrow. You, I think you're going to go here. right point spread weekly now. He does everything. Lombardi line. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip? MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.